It's time for everybody's favorite show about the great state of Utah. It's the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, free defender of all that is woman, Jeremy, the daddest of dads, Jessica, producer extraordinaire, and Chris, pretend radio leader of the show. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> it's episode 200 of the New Utah Podcast. This is like unlucky episode 200. Uh, I don't know why this is unlucky episode. Armageddon into the it's world. It's not episode the episodes. 200. It's not the episodes' <laughs> fault that the world's falling apart and no one can figure it out. Specifically, Utah apparently. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm rather live in Utah than New York right now. I'll tell you that much. That is true. right. Holy <laughs> crap! Uh, so we're going to talk more about coronavirus because how can we not? Um, COVID nineteen. Uh, we're also going to talk about the uh, great quake of twenty twenty. Great quake. We talk about the fact that I ordered actual real sukavu and I don't have to live with my. Well, you had real sukavu before. Well, I know, but it Just was the samples. Packet. So it was the seventy five milligrams. So I ordered the three hundred milligram bottles and I got some for Cassie and Sean and I'm stoked. Time to do it right. Yeah. Right. So you're not doing like a whole little sample bottle at a time. Yeah, Jess is digging the music. That's yeah, good. based on what I've been taking with the sample <laughs> bottles, like I can take two drops. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but I told my boss the like the amount that I take, and he's like, "Wow, that that's a lot." And I'm like, "I guess I need a lot." It works. Works. That's I it. love it, and it tastes good because he gave a bottle to my coworker. Uh, well, he didn't. He sold it to her for like twelve bucks or something, and she said that. <laughs> Her mouth now tasted like she smoked a blunt. And I go, when I taste their natural flavor, it tastes like nothing. Like, it feels like I didn't put anything at all in my mouth. That's not CBD oil. (laughs) If you feel like you smoked a blunt, there's THC in that shit. And then then I was like, my natural doesn't taste like a thing. And the vanilla only just barely. The only ones that I ever get any, like, like really, like, I know I took it is the peppermint and the cinnamon, only because they have the spice or strong, whatever. Yeah. stronger oils. In them. Yeah, like, cinnamon and peppermint are just stronger inherently. But, yeah, I was like, uh, hmm. If there was some way for me to give you a sample of it, of my stuff, I would give you a sample of my natural, but I'm not letting you put your... I hey, can't. Jess, I have a question for you. Yep. Why do you never put anything in your check-in notes? I didn't do anything. A Sometimes week. I put stuff. It's been a whole week. It's been more than a week, right? Week and a half. Check-in sort of, notes? Yeah, because it was like Sunday when we What are check-in Peter. notes? Um, I put stuff for you sometimes uh, where it says check-in notes. I know you don't open the Google Doc most weeks. Dude. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I try so hard. You have no idea. Sometimes it just sits there open and then nothing happens. And then I just close it. So anyway, um, I put in, you know, my thing. Jeremy usually I put has in something. Stuff, something. Yeah. And, but Jess never puts anything in and then she always does something. So you literally did nothing for the last week. Um, no, I worked on my garden. See, I pulled weeds. <laughs> you didn't make any cakes, though, right? No, I was supposed to be out of town. Remember? Oh yeah, but no, so you're probably not going to make cakes for a little while. Would be my guess. I don't know. I mean, unless I can't get ingredients, but 
Well, people aren't supposed to be having gatherings. <laughs> Tell it to my people fucking People can still neighbors. eat cake. They don't have to have people over. <laughs> yeah, but you don't make This up. is for a party of one. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a client that okay. orders cakes quite often. I get this. I get like the smash cake. And I do have like one that. for him in April. I, I get the smash cake thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the smash cake thing. I think it's stupid to pay for a well-decorated cake that your baby's just going to fucking plant their face in. I think you just make a shitty cake for that, but... That's neither here nor there. So I would understand that, but I don't understand other cakes. Speaking of ingredients, though, um, Schmitz posted that they have flour. Uh, I know most of the stores don't, so if you're looking for flour, Schmitz Pastry Cottage. Well, Six it. Sisters Deli also was buying extra provisions and portioning things out for people, and somebody apparently reported them as price gouging, even though they weren't, and so... She was like, you know what? Like, I was trying to do something right, nice. And basically, appears. yep. And she did. She helped tons. I actually went and got flour for Ron. Well, so, so, so I couldn't find any. The Post Schmitz did. They're charging like, I don't know, four twenty-five. dollars I a, paid $3 for a five-pound bag of flour. So it, it may be a little more, but it's not the Walmart brand. It's like. It's good flour. It's like real. Well, it's probably cake flour. Maybe. I or bread flour. I didn't pay close attention. But. It's not, yeah, you're not going to pay cheap Walmart prices, but it's the good stuff. You turned me down a little bit. I think I'm way too hot on my headphones there. It's pretty loud for me, and I'm not seeing that big of a How's that? Yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Jeremy will probably yell on I'll blow your eardrums in a minute. Uh, It's a lot better. Good. So anyway, Schmitz, flour. Yeah. That was funny you said that, and then you went, Schmitz. So anyway. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. That was way worse. Holy I was shit. exaggerating, but I didn't mean to do that loud. Yeah, Sorry. You should have stepped back before you did that. You got closer to do it. Does that hurt? And I guess since I'm talking about Schmitz, I'll throw in their free bread thing. So what they've been doing for the last week, well, they started last like Thursday-ish. Yeah. Um, they're giving away two loaves of bread to the first hundred people that walk in any of their three locations. Um they give you two loaves. That the seems idea, fucking dangerous. <laughs> the idea ought oh, to have to have a hundred people line up to get free. Uh, nobody lined up though. So we've we've been. I should say my kids have been twice. There was nobody. They walked right in. But the idea is you keep a loaf and then you give a loaf away. And so that's what that's what we've been doing. The two times we've got them is we gave you them. You didn't to give me a loaf yet. Yeah, me neither. The fuck, man. Yeah. What are we <laughs> fucking chopped liver? Apparently. Jesus. I'll try to get some for you for next week. So they're doing it indefinitely until for the notice, but they're doing it to keep their people busy, to give them something to do something and to bring to people do. into the store. And as a way of giving, giving back to the, to the community and just showing that, Hey, there are, it's also to bring people into the store. It is. Because if you go in there to get a free loaf of bread, you're going to buy something. And you smell everything else that's delicious and wonderful. Which, which businesses desperately need, but we'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, that's my. You can have cake at your house. People live at your house. It's not like less than ten. Yeah, no, like families can order cake. You know, I know. Like I know they can. (laughs) I just like it's just like that's super foreign to me. Like I don't eat cake unless there is a reason. Like a birthday. No, no, no. But you could have a birthday and have less than ten people at your house. Some people eat cake when they're sad. Probably shouldn't. I would eat cake every fucking hour of the day if (laughs) I could. I love cake. Chris doesn't even have to be sad to eat cake. But I eat more cake when I'm sad. But (laughs) the point I'm making is, is I don't. I would not want to pay for like a semi-professionally decorated cake. It's a professionally decorated cake. You charge for the cakes. They're professional cakes. I would not want to pay for uh, a professional cake decoration for a birthday party with less than 10 people, one of which is me. 
Like that does not make sense to me. Like I would do like Brie did a really cool decorated cake for my 30th birthday. We had a shit ton of people at the house. It was, it was a surprise party. It was it was really fucking nice. But I like for the most part, I, I just don't. But I, I guess that's just me. Like I don't care about like super well decorated cakes for a small party. I would do it for a large party because it's a nice like talking point and centerpiece and a piece for the party. But like less than 10 people like, oh, mom, dad and a couple friends come over and we have cake. It's my house, my <laughs> parents' house. Like, <laughs> just, I, I don't know. So I, I haven't, that way either. I haven't talked the person that I have scheduled for April. He orders like two or three cakes from me every spring. And so I haven't talked to him about what his plans are. But Probably not um, I haven't done anything in my house. I bought food and I'm a terrible person because I am letting it go to waste because I've been trying to eat out locally and support, not eat out, but go pick up food, support the local businesses. We already had the um, Asian cafe closed by my house. Slackwater so, closed on Monday. Closed, closed, or just temporary? Well, just because Tempor- they had right, to. Right. Yeah. Temporary, but, but for some, look... Should we just talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, I was trying to do a good segue there. That was <laughs> uh, I was trying not to just fucking like run roughshod yeah, over there the intro other of the check, show. There were some other check-in well, things. Any... Sorry. Oh, sorry. There's like three. This is Go why I it. shouldn't have asked <laughs> Jess first, because she's used to being last, so she's trying to transition out. Go ahead. We can talk about the chickens. We can talk about food later. <laughs> No, we're already on well, that conversation. No, we're, we're just going to talk about it now. We'll go back to Shit. chickens and farming. Um, okay, so my my thing is, uh, like yesterday, I wanted to buy a couple of my guys lunch because they were both in the office busting their ass to try and get uh, one of our teams in India capable of re- working remotely because India is on lockdown. Like most of India is completely in like a fucking military style lockdown. Yeah, like like curfew at five o'clock kind of a thing police patrol yeah, and their like, police aren't like our police no it's it's like their police paramilitary is more like our stuff. military yeah it's it's pretty crazy shit uh and so and one of our teams is in delhi which is like the capital really fucking humongous ass city and um has had a lot of aggressive protests in recent weeks and months and so the police force there is is even more brutal um so anyway, I was going to buy them lunch. We were going to go to Slackwater, and uh, and I was going to pick stuff up from Slackwater. And Slackwater said, as of today, we're not going to be continuing operations for the time being. But we're going to have a hell of a party when we can again. Um, but I think that's now starting to happen because even with the delivery service, with the takeout service that a lot of restaurants have shifted to, People aren't going out. Listen, you wanted to know what I did last week. That is literally what I did every day. And see, I can't do that. And it's not that I don't support those businesses, but I don't want to change my habits in terms of what I eat, when I eat, how I eat, and where I eat, just to try and keep businesses afloat. Because the other half of that is the economy is fucking shitting itself right now. And spending a lot of money on eating out is probably not the best thing that I can be doing from a financial responsibility perspective. Especially if we have to start helping Cassie to keep living in Cedar if she gets fired. Like, what's she going to do? It's not like Cedar's a hotbed for finding another job. No, I'm not judging you at all. I'm saying from my perspective, I just can't, I can't justify it. So if I, the other thing is, we live in Kearns, and there's not a lot of local stuff around here that we actually give it's much a of a shit about. Those taco places. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the places that I really want to support, 
they're nowhere near here. And so to go get takeout and bring it back is a, you know, one hour prospect of driving, which I'm fine with, but the food's not going to be good by the time I get it back. No, I understand that. These are places that are like right across the street from my house. Yeah. So, so, so that's what's tough for me. I have, we have done a little bit. Um, but you know, it's like, from a just a living perspective, like it's a it's hard to justify it right now. Like I'm not hurting financially. I'm just preparing to be because I think that that's where I will be. I'm I'm lucky in that I have a job that's not going to go away. I'm in a business that's going to do really well as a result of this. Unfortunately, I mean fortunate enough for me, but unfortunate to to say that because most people are not. Mm-hmm. Well, and like. I as soon as they last Thursday, I'm losing track of time. Was it last Thursday when they kind of made all the big announcements and or the, the week before? Of last week. It was the beginning of last week. They made all the restaurants shut down. So they did that the following Monday. By the following Monday, no exaggeration, I lost half my business, half my work, half my people, half my who I was either getting ready to start or had just started. Called up and or emailed or text your, your private s- folks or your contractors? Private folks, yeah. private folks, because your contractors are still building. Contractors still- are still working, but yeah. The, so all the the private stuff, the, the individual people doing remodels, additions, or new homes, all of them over the course of the weekend. By Monday, I'd lost half of them. It's yeah, just said you know because of what's going on, we've decided we're just gonna we're gonna wait, wait. So hopefully, I get them back in a few months, but that doesn't help right now. No, not at all. When you were having some of the busiest time of your yeah. life. Right. And it's, look, this is this is the kind of fallout that's going to happen. So you have restaurants uh, and bars and entertainment type industries. Um, think of, of event planners, uh, wedding, catering. All of that stuff starts to fail, right? Because they're all shut down. And most of these businesses, restaurants and bars in particular, they don't operate on large margins. Well, our our flower friend, uh, former drag queen, Harriet, uh, lost his job. Yeah, because he is a florist. Um, um, our friend at Preservation Utah lost her job. Almost all of Stonehaven Dentals uh, hygienists and medical assistants and dental. I got techs, my call today. They, my appointments in June now. They all lost their jobs. Are almost all of them? I know they're keeping a few for emergency situations. Services, but, yeah. So Jonathan, we started braces three weeks ago the process oh god so he's got the rubber bands in that's it like he was supposed to go back this like and they can't make it i feel like that's a necessary nope. thing like you're sitting there with all that crap that <laughs> doesn't so, matter so he's got the rubber bands in between his teeth that's it now if he starts having pain right i'm sure him in. It, it, i'm sure on a individual basis like if you're having dental pain or something and you call the dentist and say look i've got yeah they, they are doing emergency oh, services they are. But, but i mean i feel like if they started your process and you've got bands that maybe they should at least take the bands off for now right. or something they sent them they sent yeah. a message and said just your they just said it, it temporarily postponed but we'll let you know when we and open back up but think about it a dentist's office of all the places that you're going to spread it yeah, you're really in close proximity to the worst place to, yeah. you know, the mouth. Um, so that you, so you have ancillary businesses like that starting to feel the effects. But as soon as things like restaurants and bars start to close, all of their workers get laid off very quickly. 
even before they close. And now once they close, all of their cooks and stuff get laid off. Now, most of these restaurants have a full intention of trying to open back up in a month. A lot of them won't be able to because they don't operate on a big enough margin that they have that big of a uh, an egg sitting there to jump back in. Well, I know I've seen Derek Kitchen some of the some of the stuff he's been talking about on Twitter that that they had to let thirty people go on mm-hmm. furlough. So with the idea that you're going to bring them back, that's being laid off. Yeah. But but he's like my rent isn't stopping. The rent for that building. Yep. The lease continues. That's that's not the, stopped. The, the cost of insurance continues. Although, in being in the in- industry, most carriers are putting you on, putting all cancellations on a 60, some of them even a 90-day suspension for not canceling for non-pay. Well, if, if some of the stimulus measures that are in question pass... They won't be able to cancel policies and credit card companies won't be able to send people to collections. They won't be collecting mortgages and lease payments like all of that stuff will get suspended if Congress can actually get off their ass and pass this 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 package. If they well, can they stop, could stop giving it to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 this big waterfall effect where, you know, now you have a whole bunch of people out of work that can't go spend money places. No one wants to go out. So your stores like Best Buy begin to suffer. I'll tell you what's not suffering is fucking Home Depot. Holy shit. There were a lot of people at Home Depot this weekend. Yeah, there were in American Fork, too. That business is going to get shut down. So, you know, this is one well, here's. I don't know if it'll be shut down, but I almost wonder if it won't be like you can't come in and buy fencing, well, but you can come in and buy like a part to fix your plumbing. Well, that's what they're doing at Costco is they they're limiting, the limiting how many come, come in. in. And then they also have police around the toilet paper, but that's well, a different Walmart, story. Walmart's started doing that a little bit. They have someone that's counting people. Um, uh, Harmon's has started doing that. They have someone cleaning carts and counting people at the door to control. And they have barriers there. between their checkers right. and the other people, and they sanitize the belt between every... Well, I don't think they're actually doing that part. And then they're sanitizing them a lot. They're not sanitizing them between every customer. I've been in Harmon since they put those okay. in. And I can promise okay. you that. Can you not get violent about it? <laughs> and then I'm just reporting what the, Gina said they did at her Harmon's. They're also doing the, That's se- the hoity-toity Harmon's. Senior so. hour, where from like 7 to 8 a.m., I think it is, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of those stores are only allowing seniors in yeah, to shop. To try and, and so limit what, their exposure. Yeah, so what that doing is they stock overnight, then they open first thing in the morning and they let the seniors have that first hour to, to kind of have first pick of some of that stuff. Well, and they're slow, so it takes them like two hours. So they're, <laughs> by the time they're done, they're exposed. But well, I mean, so that's places are taking actions, but then there's, you know, people like Home Depot, they're just fucking wandering around. They're not being careful about how close they are to other people. Um, and then you have shit like what happened at the fucking airport. Where a whole bunch of missionaries, missionaries all over the world for the Mormon church are coming home. The Philippines. Philippines. Every I, single one of them. I know the Philippines came home. I'm saying they are recalling missionaries from yeah, my, all Right, over but the that globe. specific situation. Of last Sunday. But that was just, that's the first like big arrival of missionaries. And there, there had to have been a thousand people there. Yeah, it was there a were. fucking humongous crowd. Both the governor and lieutenant governor chastised the public for that. Like how fucking dumb are you? The reason they're coming home, the specific reason they're coming home is exposure to a virus yeah. that is super, super prone to spread, and you fucking show up with that many people? Well, and the church specifically said to them, parents only, and stay in your car. And and send one person mm-hmm. is what is what they said, because my, my, I have two nephews 
Uh, one is in Mexico who will be coming home this next week. The other one's in Michigan. So at the moment, you guys going to go meet them? Yeah, the, all, them my, whole my whole family. Throw you in, everybody in the van. All 30 of us are going to go. No, it, but it's crazy. It's like the virus doesn't care that it's a return missionary. No. And like my fucking neighbors, I, I know they got more than 10 people in their goddamn yeah, house. Yeah, because they've got seven cars over there. And I know that there's like three or four little kids. And there's like eight kids running around the neighborhood playing, which great. They're playing, but there's eight fucking kids that are all in close proximity. That's not, that's why schools are closed. Right. You, I'm sorry. I know your kids. They were actually playing under a trailer yesterday when one of the after, or not yesterday, Sunday, Sunday when one of the aftershocks hit. <sighs> Which leads us into the earthquake. Yeah, so we had a big earthquake last week. <laughs> so last um, Wednesday, I believe it was, wasn't that the yeah Wednesday morning? Nine in the morning. We had a uh, magnitude five point seven earthquake uh, just outside of Magna. You, you guys felt it, I'm assuming. I felt I didn't. it. I felt it in Sandy. I was at work. Oh, and you felt it. I was driving, and I didn't know that it even happened. We felt it. We felt it, and it. So it was. We felt it just like the ones last summer, and so like it was. Just it freaks you out if you're at home and things start shaking. And it wasn't a bad one in Riverton, but it was enough that it it scared you. I mean, it was it was really noticeable. Like though, and it shook for a while. And like we have big giant ceiling fans that were just shaking their asses off. Nothing fell off the walls there. Here, a bottle of clam juice fell out of my pantry onto the floor and shattered. That uh. was awesome. Um, but that's but not good. <laughs> a couple pictures fell off the wall. It was, it was actually relatively minor. What happened here uh, on the on the first one? But we've had we had a bottle of clam juice break. We've had I don't know hundreds, two hundred plus aftershocks at that, this point. Yeah. That first day there was forty. Was not. Oh, there was more than no, forty. There was, yeah, there was a ton more. that first day. Like one hundred and twenty, oh. I think. There was a ton. So, mm. so not all of them are ones that you're going to feel far out. Like I, we're feeling most of them here. But like, was it yesterday or this morning we had there one? There was one this morning and one uh, yesterday and then, morning. And one yesterday morning. There was one on Sunday. There was one um, on Saturday. Well, Chris was walking down the stairs, and I'm like, "There's an aftershock," and he's like, "No, I'm just walking down the stairs," and I'm like, "No, seriously," and he's like, "No, it was just me walking down the stairs." I'm like, "No, it wasn't." I nice. promise. But that one on Sunday was really big. It was like a four. It was a th- I've heard 3.9. I've heard 4.1. I think it ended up being a 3.9. USGS uh, site says 4.0, and that's who I trust over fucking KSL. Uh, so I'm sticking with 4.0. Well, I think that the USGS put it at a 3.9. My sister lives in Hunter. And uh, she's said she has felt nearly every single Well, yeah, she's point. a lot closer. I haven't felt any but two. No, you're pretty far away. Like, I just pulled into work when the 5.7 happened. <clears throat> and I thought there was something wrong with my car. Like, you know when your gas is wrong? <laughs> I something's weird. wrong. I was, yeah. And I was like, this is weird. And I kind of looked around because it was a little windy. And I was like, when I went back and saw the videos of how cars were actually moving, I was like, Oh, it's a little bit crazy. The, the video of but all the transformers blowing that's my favorite. in the valley. That's really cool. It didn't occur to me until I was like walking in that like, oh, I think that was an earthquake. So I was in the car and all these weird things happened before that now when I look back, like Makes sense, like Chopper was just standing stock still with his tail down and he wouldn't move. And I tried to put him in his kennel and he walked right back out and Phoebe wouldn't leave my side. Like I couldn't get my shoes on. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? And, and headed off to work. Well, I get in my car and I use Google Maps every day. Get in my car 
And it starts like doing this weird spinning thing. And I'm like, oh my God, Google Maps, come on, I gotta take this way to work every single day, you know. And I'm talking to the stupid thing and I get it all set. And then I'm just about to pull into the left-hand turn lane in front of Bangator to turn left onto Bangator. And X96 cuts out and I was like, what the heck just happened? And then when it came back on, I heard Bill say the the building was shaking or something. And then they cut out again. And then Chris called me and was like, are you okay? Did you feel that? And I was like, oh, uh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, usually your pets will give you clues. Yeah, they've it's been rough with them because they keep freaking out. Like the one on Sunday, they were acting really fucking weird right before it happened. It's weird how they just kind of have that sixth sense about something like that coming. Yeah, I don't know if it's something the magnetism. Yeah, they're just. I don't know what it is, but don't. But my sister's my sister's in Hunter, so that her cat like gets real weird, and when she sees her, she's like, "Now I know what it is." When she starts getting weird, I know another one's coming because they've had enough in the last week and a half. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it did a bunch of damage at the old airport. Week well, and a half. It's only it hasn't even been a week. Yeah, it'll be a week. Oh, week tomorrow. Week, week tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah time just. Um, Old 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 street magna that's taken a, a oh yeah hit. Main, main street and magna those buildings were all really old and like falling apart anyway. So. There was a few homes up in the avenues that got hit. Pretty I think there good. was like seventy seven buildings, historical buildings that yeah. Oh, and the Rio Grande. Yeah, it's has, gonna be closed for a few months. Um, they took down the uh, smokestack yesterday, so. Because it was crumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yep. took it took a lot of damage. It probably would have fallen if it hadn't been for the renovations they did recently. Yeah, and not that saying. it comes as any shock, but on the news, the worst hit was that trailer. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah. Like the houses had like shifted, and some of them had like come off the come off their little bases. And yeah, stuff. scary. That's you know, you know. On on the one hand, the, it was it's very good that it was a mild earthquake because it is a big wake up call for everyone. Bree can speak from an insurance standpoint, and she has all these people calling her like, hey, can we put earthquake insurance on our building now? People, there's a moratorium on earthquake insurance. You can't you buy can't it, right it You right can't now. even get it if it's you're like renewing finding out it. if you have cancer and going and getting health insurance. Yeah, right. basically. You can't even get a renewal right now because insurance carriers have to wait until enough of the aftershocks are like small enough and few and further between, and then they analyze all the damage and how much they put out and then they and then, and then they, they adjust, open it back up then they adjust the cost of the insurance and open it back up for everyone so um sometime in the next probably six to 12 months look at adding quake insurance to your house if you don't already have it we are in an earthquake it's gonna be area. super expensive just so you know and also for shocks after shocks earthquakes happen mm-hmm. weeks after oh, yeah. so everybody that is freaking out just get used to it. It's going to be it's that way for a while. It's going to be happening. There's not going to be a 9, even in predictions for the Wasatch Front. A 7.5 is the highest that they predict. But that's so fucking massive. It would, it would be would incredibly do massive, so much but not damage. a 9. So, and also there are no tornadoes that are happening. It was in 2016. So, I was, so stop reposting I was, that. I was, I was trying to, I was <laughs> trying to explain to Brie because she's like, I wish I could have felt what that 5.7 was like, uh, on Sunday after we had that, that 4.0 or 3.9 or whatever it was. Um, and I said, cause at the time they had initially marked it as a 4.1 and that data all changes as they start to get all their readings in from all their, their devices. Mm-hmm. Um, but earthquakes, the way they measure them, that Richter scale is exponential. So what that means is a four to a five, the five is ten times stronger than the four. 
the six is ten times stronger than the five. So basically, like a four to the five point seven is somewhere to the tune of seventy, fifty to seventy times more violent than what we felt on Sunday. Like if that gives you an idea of how violent the other earthquake was, when you get up to a seven. That's fucking crazy. That's over. That's when we really have to worry about liquefaction. Yeah, because now we're talking. Now we're talking a um, hundred times stronger than the five point seven, or more. Mm-hmm. Like upwards of anywhere close to a thousand times stronger if you get closer to the eight mark. So, but the nine and ten is not going to happen here. It will happen in Yellowstone, but it won't happen. Here. Well, when it happens in Yellowstone, we're well, fucked anyway. Right, right. But I'm just you know that. There was false information going around, and everyone was like, stop spreading this. Yeah, typically you don't have that big of a foreshock. Um, usually you get the really big one, and then you have a hundreds, if not thousands, of aftershocks right. as the rest of the ground kind of settles back into place. I know my favorite video was the wave video, the sound. Did you see that one that traveled out to each of the coasts and up to Alaska and down. It was really, really cool. No, I didn't see that. I did see a video from someone from the USGS that was explaining the type of earthquake that one is. So um, when we think of earthquakes like the San Andreas Fault, it's literally um, the earth is splitting apart and you can see Mm -hmm. the actual fault line. But that's a solid fault line. This is a different kind of, of fault. And they did an aerial shot of Shot basically, me to record. Do you like describe yeah, it? No one can actually see <laughs> my hands. But they did this aerial shot. Um, I wish I could remember where the video was at. But they just it described it, and it's it is the same a similar type of earthquake where the Earth's literally ripping apart right here. Um, but it's ripping apart in so many places; these two plates are splitting. So it's not one solid fault line like San Andreas. And they did this aerial footage of basically the western half of the United States from roughly Utah to um, the the desert uh, on the west side of Nevada. And you can see the ripple marks in the land from the aerial photography and the satellite imagery, and those ripples are all earthquake faults. That's that's really, inc- I need to find that. That would be It's awesome. really fucking cool to see, cool to see like at a, at a grander scale, like, holy shit, all of these are from earthquakes. They're also, I think it was Utah Geological Society posted like how, because they measure them by how deep they are. Um, so the first one was mm-hmm. seven and a half miles Um down yeah Yeah, and so that was really cool to see that map and see where each all the different dots of the depth yeah the depth and the the severity yep yeah it's uh, that's some really cool stuff you can do with that and also if you there's a lot of really terrified people um terrified kids terrified adults um learning the science behind it i feel helps a lot um, I mean, in addition to being prepared, but, you know, once you learn. It is interesting to see how, how many people knew to, moving. like, get under something, like a heavy desk. <laughs> when, or... the, when the four was, like, a 4.6 in the afternoon hit at, like, one thirteen, um, all of us upstairs in our building felt it, but nobody really felt it downstairs, and it, like, flickered the lights. And I was like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> the old guy in my office is like just sat there, like he didn't even look around or anything. Like, ugh, Ken. Um, he's a special. So, I didn't feel the first one, but by the time I got to work, I felt the two larger ones that happened that morning. And I, we were standing around and talking, and the first one happened. And so I just kind of moved into the doorway of the office that I was standing by, and um. Can I 
And I, I turned to my coworker and I'm like, you should really get in the door. And she's like, yeah, I should. And she's looking around because she was in her car too. And I'm all, they're like, right now all the earthquake is happening. And they talked about that because it's like, you don't realize, like, I didn't know what was happening in my car. Like, do you know what I mean? And it was, it was like a full on, like you were on a ride. It was rolling. And I can't remember what, like, it wasn't a type of panic, but it was just like the way that you react to it is like an it's like an afterthought like oh like i should i should be jumping in a door under a desk it was funny because i told her and she just kind of looked at me i'm like like right now while it's happening and she's all (laughs) and then the one that happened later in the afternoon i was working and my boss went and ran outside and i just went under my desk and he's like what if something fell on your desk i'm like dude i stand on these Um, all the time also you shouldn't run outside by the way (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, um, it's a good preparedness drill for us because we will have a bigger quake at some point. Um, and, you know, one thing that that's important to keep in mind, anything that's been built since, like, fuck, the 80s has been... Mid-70s, you're okay. Yeah, mi- because in the state of Utah, because we knew yeah. at that point, oh, hey, we're earthquake-prone. So, yeah, mid-70s is when they shifted from brick and cinder block to wood framing and then mid 70s into the 80s is when they actually started doing earthquake like earthquake prepared prepared in in construction yeah well unlike you have like you know you don't get a hot water heater that doesn't have an earthquake strap on it right and i see pictures that people posted of like their bookshelves and shit toppled over and one thing that you know all of your bookshelves all of your bookshelves will come with a fucking earthquake strap. And the reason those exist is specifically for this type of incident so your shit doesn't fall over. Or when the kids climb on them. No, no, I don't care about that. The kids can fucking die. Well, we have the pleasure this week of being joined by uh, Michael Aaron. Uh, so you have two first names. Yeah, there's a big long story about that. that it's actually that my first and name? middle name, but you know, and <laughs> so that's, that's I've been using it since 1982. So yeah, I guess it's kind of permanent now. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's that's uh, you know, writers do that, artists do that all the time. It's just fine. Um, you can just go by Michael. That's it. Like Madonna. there you go. Yeah, but he's yeah, got nobody. Nobody would do that. <laughs> He's got street cred with Michael Aaron. That's true. Right. That's that's a powerful two first name. Like name. George Michael. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. Two first names, man. You got some real. <laughs> so Michael is actually the uh, the editor of Q Salt Lake. Uh, and founder, right? And yeah, and kind of the custodian and everything else too. At the it moment, not, it does not say that on my notes. Listen, I found that out after. I'm that he's sorry. the custodian. Yeah. <laughs> no, that I knew. <laughs> well, you, look, usually founders of smaller enterprises like Hugh Salt Lake, um, they are everything. They don't, do it all. Don't you guys remember when I delivered magazines for him? I yes. do. No, I don't remember. That's too long ago. I learned a lot about Salt Lake that weekend. Was that last it was summer? incredible. Last... That was like two summers ago, right? That was a long time ago. It was. Oh, awesome. I think it was. I think it was longer than two summers ago. <laughs> <laughs> how how long did you do it for? One day. It was what a twenty four hour period that I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best job we have too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it was as like arduous as it was though. It was such a great opportunity to see parts of Salt Lake that. I hadn't 
been in before and I'm somebody that will drive from one end of State Street to the other. So and you it came was home cool. with three out of four hubcaps, so not bad. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least your car didn't end up on block somewhere. That's true. That doesn't really happen in Salt Lake though so much. It's more of like a like a Chicago like, thing. Yeah, like a total like what it, big city Christmas thing. vacation, isn't it? Or not or, or summer vacation, isn't it? Where they're in Chicago and they get out of the car for something and they come back and, and it's, it's, all, on it's all on blocks. <laughs> so I I want to talk a lot about uh, Q Salt Lake with you uh, and some of the other stuff that you do, but I want to know just a little bit about you. Uh, are you born and bred in Utah, or did you come here separately? I was born and raised in northern Utah in Sunset. Um, I think there's 11,000 people living there now. I think there were seven when I was there. 7,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's still part of like the Ogden to Salt Metro area. It's the the very north end of Davis County. That's like saying uh, the population of Kearns is ten thousand, but we're still part of Salt Lake City. Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, when I say Um, I grew up in a town of twelve thousand, that was it. No. Yeah. It's. Yeah, this was a little tiny town surrounded by a whole bunch of other towns. So, um, and I really, I'm, I'm really happy to have lived up, you know, grown up there because we were right outside of Hill Air Force Base gates. And so I got to meet a whole bunch of different kinds of people than I would have if I were in, say, I don't know, Sandy. <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> I was going to go for Bountiful, but you went. <laughs> so, so is your big rival Roy? Because aren't they right? Isn't that right? Yeah, well, I, I did. I did move to Roy. So now, and yeah, we were. So I moved from Clearfield High School to Roy High School, and they weren't really. I guess well, they're in different school districts, so I guess that's uh, the, part of the reason why that didn't happen. But the Roy Roys, the Roy Royals, yeah. <laughs> oh, Royals, right? Royals, not, Roy's. not the Royals. Thank they you very much. Their student athletes <laughs> take steroids. <laughs> it's really aggressive at that school. You don't want to be there. <laughs> they're they're not the, the direction I went. They're the stereotypical, <laughs> the stereotypical jocks at that school. They're like, oh, kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, what Roy is really known for is cowboy boots and and Levi's. So that tells you a little bit about what I was surrounded by in high school. There's a club in Sunset that we used to have raves at. This is like 20 years ago. Uh, And I watched two people have sex in the middle of a dance room. (laughs) It might have been in Roy, but it might have been in Sunset. And I can't remember. I don't think it was me. It was like a (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys are similarly aged, so... <laughs> but it was some country, like some country music club that would rent out the space to us, and we would have yeah. birds there, and then they got really crazy. Um, that's that's what I know about Sunset. That's <laughs> much it. And and the burger bars up there, right? In Roy, yeah, that one's Roy. So yes, the burger bar is is the greatest place on earth. But the the only restaurant in the restaurant slash bar in Sunset. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna brain fart on the name, but. I, when I was asked, because I wasn't raised LDS, I was raised Catholic in Sunset and Roy. Yeah, there you go. And um, so, so they said, oh, we're, we're going to, yes, and we, <laughs> we're, we're going to meet at the steak center. And so I went to the only restaurant that I knew that might serve steak <laughs> in Sunset, and they weren't there. Stick <laughs> me up. I was. <laughs> the steak center. That's awesome. 
had no idea. <laughs> well, so so you you grew up in Utah. You go to a college here, or uh, skip college and just start writing. Yep, I went. I went to the University of Utah, and that was kind of my turning point in in life, as, as a lot of people would say. Um, in that, you know, I'm away from the parents. Um, I'm on on my own for the first time, and I start to learn about um, a community. Uh, and first, I learned about the community of Salt Lake that was kind of the underground just the liberal community, the, the radicals, the, the people who went to Blue Mouse Theater and watched, you know, Rocky Horror Music or, <laughs> or whatever it is. And Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show, thank you. And, yes, the Rocky Mountain version is the local one. <laughs> That's something and, like and, Yeah, went, you know, went to just, you know, all of those places that, you know, that um, Cosmic Aeroplane and all of that. And so I learned about this underground, this really radical underground, and I just became enthralled with it because these are people that – you know, I would see them out and about, like, you know, at the at Smiths or something like that. And we'd just look at each other and nod because we recognized that we were part of this underground. And so it was a whole different, you know, scene than here we are today, where if you're in Salt Lake City and you're a conservative, that's the, you know, they're on the underground, right? <laughs> We've become the majority. Uh, only you know, we with, can spread that beyond Salt Lake City. That would be awesome. Let's, let's yeah, let's spread that. Let's not spread, don't spread the virus, but spread that. <laughs> do, you have spread like a magic, do you have like a magic wand where you can make, make people that one? Like, is that, is that a thing? <laughs> I don't myself, but proof <laughs> you're progressive. <laughs> exactly. So, and then, then I started the. Uh, I, I should say I helped restart the gay student union up there, um, which over the years became. I, I created. You know, I changed the name to Lesbian and Gay Student Union. So progressive, and <laughs> then it became the Queer Student Union, and then I think it's the LGBTQ Resource Center uh, now. And uh, sponsored yeah, by so, Home Depot. That's what I gotta know. <laughs> Home Depot, you sponsor. I don't even think Home Depot was around when I was in college. <laughs> it was Ace Hardware, I think. Um, hey, they still exist. But and it did radicalize me though, and and it made me become you know an activist, uh, and my activism kind of turned to be more of a. a you know, the publisher, an activist publisher. And so I started a couple of magazines and newspapers clear back in the late eighties and early nineties as well. And kind of decided I needed to make some money and went into advertising for a long time. And you reached that uh, point in college where you're like, yeah. this is fun, but <laughs> yeah, I still got, I'm, I'm done with the ramen. I'm done choosing, you know, between the can of soup and taking the bus down to find out if I have a, a temp job, uh-huh. uh, that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, then, uh, you know, when, the, when the towers fell and my ad agency I was with kind of just said, you know, our, our clients told us we're not going to be advertising for a while. You, you better get rid of this upper middle management level. And that's where I was. And so I kind of in 2000 through, well, 2001, I found myself going, well, okay, but this was all fun. What could I do now? And, and when the, uh, Amendment 3 uh, was coming through where we were 
the state was being asked to amend the constitute state constitution to make it so that the only people who can get married are a man and a woman, which of course ultimately succeeded. But when that was happening, I looked at what our information feed was to our community, and it was a bar rag. And it was a great bar rag, but it was <laughs> not going to be what we needed. And I decided we needed something more heady, more, you know, where we get information, not from, uh, you know, Joe that sits at the bar at the end of the, you know, <laughs> or sits on the stool at the end of the bar, but maybe actually you know maybe has a degree in something that we're asking about or or whatever so uh yeah in 2004 um we started the magazine in april um after about four months of trying to sell the the first one and uh and we've been going ever since well and you don't sell it right it's a free publication now well you know have to sell it to the advertisers oh sure you know Walking into a place, you know, hey, will you advertise in our non-existent publication? <laughs> but here's here's what it looks like on a Xerox. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I've got this. I've got this zine. Have you heard of a zine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, and that you know, we we were able to within what was the January, February, March, April, uh, three four months, we were able to put enough advertising together that we could afford to produce our first issue and. Um, and that's about when Amendment 3 was really starting to heat up. And, and we wanted to be someplace that, you know, you would get information that, yeah, you're at work and you may, not, may or may not be out uh, at work. But, you know, you hear people saying, oh, yeah, this Amendment 3 needs to pass. And you ha we wanted to give you topics of conversation that uh, you could say, well, but what about this? And, um, you know, and the state really we were thinking okay it's going to pass by you know 80 80 20 80 percent is going to vote for this you know and for it to come down to a, a two-thirds majority instead of an 80 percent majority i think you know the the work of our uh political organizations uh back then it was called unity utah but now equality utah you know and the, and the work that we did uh, as well as a bunch of others i think that did at least shift the results of that but more importantly, it caused us to have the conversation. It, I, I think if you know, if it weren't for Unity and if it weren't for Q Salt Lake, um, it it just wouldn't have been talked about. You would have just gone and voted, and you know, and yeah, the twenty percent who are uh, we radicals <laughs> um, would vote against it, and then the eighty percent vote for. And uh, I, I think there was a shift that happened that year. I think we kind of grew up in two thousand four. So do you do you do you think that that discussion that you were able to to have with your readers and your audience in that community had an impact on you know even though the amendment did pass ultimately um, do you think that had an impact on what happened afterwards because you know it's it's really interesting that Utah is because of the way it all played out Utah is the reason gay marriage is legal in the U.S. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we all have a, a, a part of that, um, you know, that we can pat ourselves on the back for that, you know, all of the organizations that, you know, there's Utah Stonewall Democrats, um, you know, can can say, hey, we did a bunch of this. Um, even the Cabin Republicans can say that. Um, and 
I think what has happened is that Utah is is and understands there's more of a conversation about these things than even you know I mean you you read the headlines from uh, you know Oklahoma and Tennessee and and I you know even Iowa uh, and they are I mean they're pushing through these radically conservative i guess that's maybe an oxymoron but <laughs> these ultra conservative bills that are really affecting the lgbtq community and those bills are just not passing here and i think it's because they know we're going to have this conversation and we're going to sit you down and we're going to tell you why you're wrong and then we're going to make a lot of noise about it and that has has been working for us for for decades now. Well, and now that the gays have invaded just about every uh, aspect of government in the state of Utah, too. Yeah. Have, <laughs> I'm okay with that. We have gay legislators, <laughs> legislators. We've had gay mayors. Um, we need a gay governor. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, but, <laughs> well, there is a gay man running for governor to the right now. Yeah. So Actually, he's not gay. He's bisexual. So I... I shouldn't paint him with that that wide of a of a brush, well, but I mean, and to that to that point, we have transgender folks that have run for office uh, yes. and, and made big splashes, and this is coming out of what a lot of people consider a very very conservative state. And by all means, it really is a conservative state. We still have That's a Salt Lake's not a super majority of conservatives in the legislative body. So, um, but I, you know, it is the the strides that we're able to make, and I think you're right, being able to have. Uh, an informed and intelligent conversation makes even the most conservative of, of people think about, you know, rights over stupidity. And I think they find out that, oh, gee, I, apparently I do know somebody who's transgender and happens to be married to my, you know, my um, sister, <laughs> which happened recently with Brad Dawes, Bill. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, yes, it's the information being out there is really important. And that's why we think it's important to have a, a magazine for our community. You know, we also we have a lot of you know different health issues than the general community has. And those are things you're not going to read in the Salt Lake Tribune or even City Weekly um, because we're more we're laser-focused on our community. So I, I think it's really important for us to be able to stay around. And, and yeah, we're struggling, especially right now. But, uh, you know, I, I see us um, getting past all of this and growing again. Once we can figure out a way that we can pay our bills without so much print i think that's the biggest issue so have you have you so you guys have been around for 16 years correct uh, almost almost uh, exactly 16 years as yeah. we're talking Aww. in the march here sweet um, 16 birthday <laughs> so and it's uh q salt lake is a is a monthly publication it is weekly? yeah that's why. Yeah, so we, we were biweekly for a while. We're we're monthly now. We are online. Um, the actual issue, which you can like act like you're reading it. In fact, my partner, he's uh, more of a millennial than I am, and uh, he sees the magazines, you know, appear at the house, and then he walks into the room and pulls open his tablet and starts <laughs> and starts uh, <laughs> you know, you reading have- it that way. He'll. <laughs> Oh, sorry. sorry, I was just going to say, your layout, though, for your online publication is so easy to read. Like, there's so many that aren't, and it does. It flips just like, you right. know, I went you know, to... And there's, 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 
<laughs> and there's options that we can put in there, and we, we periodically do it. We're not as good as we could be, but we can add video to the story. Um, we, we do go in and, you know, if you're going to click on, if you want more information about some story, you click on the story and boom, it's going to go and take you to where more information can be found as well as, of course, our advertisers, uh, you click on their ad and boom, you're at their website. Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I just said, um, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, do you find that it's easier having a monthly publication to, to build bigger stories and get more information out versus uh, like a weekly or daily publication? So, I mean, we do have our website where we, we, we update every, I mean, there are times where we're updating every day. Um, but, uh, you know, like right now, I think we've updated every two or three, um, and mostly about, you know, this health scare that's going on. But, uh, you know, what, what a monthly does do or doesn't do that I like is is sometimes the information that we want to put out is a, more, a bit more stale than I'd like it to be. So we tried a, an experiment a while back, and it just confused everybody, including our my salespeople. Um, we were doing an online issue every two weeks, and but only one a month was printed, and. Um, and, and it was just really odd. I think what, I think just like my partner, when people see the magazine, then they go and they, they pull it up and they read it. But if they don't see the magazine out there, they don't think about it. And so our online issues were just not being read. Um, I mean, we're talking like several hundred, whereas like right now we're getting 15,000. Well, it's just really odd. It's, it's gone from 5,000 uh, views in the first month of, of our online issue. It's kind of, I don't know what's happened, but we're now at about 15,000 for the last three issues are, are being viewed online. And I mean, we've, and that's a huge readership for us, which is quite awesome. I think something that's very unique about Q Salt Lake, and I would assume that this comes just straight from your lovely heart is the focus that you have on individuals in the LGBTQ community. Like it's not always talked about as a whole, you know, there are people that, you know, you grew up here and to be able to, to write about their achievements. Um, unfortunately their obituaries, you know, things like that. You always, you're so laser focused and it shows that, your heart is truly in it. It's not just something you have to write. Oh, thank you very much. And, and, you know, I really do think that the, that the people's stories are the most important things. And, and what part of what we do is we chronicle those people's stories. And I know that, you know, in 20 years, people are going to, you know, go back to our patting our back issues and they're going to say, Oh, well, look what happened here. This was an interesting time. And, and look what they did during this time. So, you know, people are going to want to know what, you know, how did this gay marriage stuff happen? And, you know, and, and how, how did the community respond to X, Y, and Z? And, um, I, to be able to, like I said, chronicle that, uh, I, I think is one of our most important things that we're doing. Do you, because you have been part of the community for so long, and Utah has such an incredibly deep and rich um, LGBTQ history, do you guys write on, you know, 
once upon a times in Salt Lake? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we, so um, Ben Williams has been on our staff uh, as, as a writer, has been a columnist, I should say, uh, for the entire 16 years uh, that we've been doing this. And he has been, you know, um, he goes back to the 70s. He goes back to, I mean, even you know, when, when statehood happened. Good old Madame Petrini. Yes, yes. So (laughs) we've done a couple stories on her. (laughs) You do your person of the year, um, not episode, the issue. Issue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's always, I, I like that one. That's always interesting to see who you guys pick as your person of the year and why. I always find those interesting. Thank you. I yeah, and and it's like one of the most stressful times. Is what do you put, <laughs> you know? And I've been really the ones that make me the most happy um, are when we when we um, can say, hey, uh, our person of the year is actually all the volunteers. We did this one year, and I'm I'm just I, I can't even talk about it, you know, without choking up. But. Uh, our person of the year are all the volunteer leaders of organizations because if they weren't here, this community wouldn't exist. And I'm talking, you know, the swim team, the swim club, the, uh, the bowling group, the, you know, the, the, the political groups and all of that. And these are the unpaid people who put a lot of their life out to make these things happen. And they were the ones who we chose that year to say, this is the one who the people who made a biggest difference in our community. And, you know, and we, you know, every once in a while we put the Mormon church up there, you know, on the person of the year, because they're, you know, maybe a little more vindictive in a year than, than other years. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, like if you were to ask me right now who I would do this year, I don't even know if I would be able to tell you. So when does that, when is that usually released? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's December. So we've got lots of time, but. How do you choose? Or is it just every year so different? There's not a formula. There really isn't. And we do put it out there and usually, you know, and asking people, who do you think was the person of the year? And, you know, there's a a lot of the same, you know, they, they think it's more of a lifetime achievement award than, uh, you know, we're really focused on who affected Utah's LGBTQ community the most this year, positive or negative. And, um, and so this, this year, um, we did person of the decade. And of course the person who, you know, lifted Utah up and we've already talked about this where and made it so that a judge declared, you know, Utah's amendment three and all other bills unconstitutional, you know, that, that said you couldn't have same-sex marriage declared that was unconstitutional. I mean, how, how was that not the biggest story of the decade? Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's just a, it's such a monumental achievement, which is really sad to think that that's a monumental achievement, but it, it really is. But it was an achievement I never thought we would have. When I was, you know, at LGSU at the University of Utah, there was, you know, do you think gays will ever be able to marry? Not in my lifetime was always my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> I think having, you know, being an ally and having friends in the community, that's always been one of my most favorite things about Salt Lake is the older community and just seeing Everything that, um, I'm, 
I know you feel you should be lumped into this, but I'm talking like older, <laughs> um, <laughs> have, have been through because it's really, it truly is incredible. And to see them just be able to be them as much as they can now, Black like Dog. anybody should, it's Wait. just incredible. They have so many incredible stories. We interviewed Jim DeBacchus. Boy, that's getting to be like three years ago. <laughs> but his story was so cool. Um, and kind of what he did to help pave the way and what he's helped put into place now, I think that's amazing. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, Jim actually, uh, he was doing a radio show back in the you know early 80s when we were running LGSU, and he brought me on to do an interview. And from that, we actually you know were able to get some things done that we hadn't been able to. Uh, up at the University of Utah. So, uh, yeah, he's been around a long time. Uh, he's really old. <laughs> he's the type of person I'm talking about. <laughs> and, you know, another person is Joe Redbird. And he, I mean, he was working, and he was also on the radio back then. And he he made a community out of nothing. You know, he, he created a bar that was something that people would go into, even if they weren't gay or lesbian. Um, he created, times. <laughs> he, he created a, he, he created a, a you know, the, ver- the first, uh, uh, pride center, if you will, um, you know, in, in an office space right next to the bar. So he was a visionary, is a visionary um, from way back when. And, and yeah, we need to celebrate these people. Yeah. Now we have amazing people like Derek Kitchen and Missy K. Snow and, you know, these people that are, are changing our community for the better. So Sure. So we're 16 years into your magazine and lo and behold... A pandemic has hit the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How has that affected so, you guys? So this has been—I mean, it's been a very difficult uh, in the past almost year because I mean, I had this star sales guy, um, and you know, he used to work at the Yellow Pages, and he knew how to sell advertising. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he decided that he turns to turn sixty-five, and he only gave me a year's notice that he was going to resign on me, and. Which is really rude, um, but you know, we just haven't haven't been able to to get somebody who can really rock and roll the sales of the magazine. So we've been really languishing for a while, um, and then you know all of a sudden this happens, and so here it was the Monday of I'm I'm sending files to the press for our Tuesday um, print and. All of a sudden, every bar and restaurant was closed in Salt Lake County, and and I was I was just thinking about putting the issue together, and suddenly I went, wait a minute, where am I going to distribute? Eighty percent of our distribution is at bars, restaurants, and libraries and oh, coffee libraries. shops. Oh, and everything is now closed, and so what do I do? And so, um, yeah, I was on the phone the entire day Monday instead of putting out pages i was trying to figure out how we were going to distribute enough copies to to make it worth doing the run and talking to our advertisers and being very clear with them that um yeah we're not going to be able to run an entire you know the the total amount that we normally run and um we're going to run a minimum run but what we're and i we had a conversation about what we could do which is a lot of online promotion um 
And you know they and you know what they all just said you know what we we get it this is one of those times where we might not get a lot of response on our ad but um, you know we're not only in this for that we're in it because we're supportive of the community so that was heartening very heartening so I I'm I'm curious you know I I go through your issues and I would probably. I would say all. I'm trying to stretch to see if there was one that wasn't, but all of your advertisers are local businesses. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's we, not yeah. a lot of there's there's no national stuff sitting in there. Yeah, we periodically will will grab some, something, but our problem is that the national um, businesses uh, uh, tend to go for the top 25 um, markets, and we're 27th. <laughs> so oh. we're just not quite there yet. But do they know that in the gay world, we're like the LGBTQ world, we're yeah. way be- we're way higher than 27. <laughs> exactly, we're like number seven. <laughs> it, 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 we're number one, and it's not like we, but, we've we've done yeah, stories over the last couple of years. Like we're the number one retirement community for gay seniors. Wow, like they flock to know. Utah. They flock to Salt Lake City to to retire. It's it's actually a a thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll be doing that because I don't want to be living through winter when I'm old. So there we are. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, I mean, that that's really a thing. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that come here because we are one of the top LGBTQ communities, um, the Salt Lake City area, anyway, in the country. Uh, yeah. in terms of, of community and uh, some of the stuff that you've helped kind of create and sustain. Um, I was just I, I was just curious because when we talk about the impact of COVID-19, you know, the vast majority of your 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 folks that advertise with you are restaurants and bars. Correct. Uh, right. And people that do, and, you know, and events. It's a, yeah, events, yeah, wedding it's, it's planners. The, it's the event people that are, you know, really struggling through all this as well. And uh, and most every one of them ha- did have to pull out because if you <laughs> if you don't have an event, if you're having to cancel an event, you don't want to put it out there yet. So uh, we're hoping that eventually this will all go away, but uh, and then we'll get back to business as usual. Um, I'm terrified that Pride isn't going to happen this year. Uh, I mean, that's a possibility. I haven't had the conversation with them about where they are with that right now, but um, I will be, of course. Do you think there's a chance they would push it later in the month? It's Pride scheduled so, for what, June? Yeah, the yeah, beginning it's the begin- very beginning of June. So it's, you know, it's on a, it's within reason that it could happen. But, you know, there's a lot of things that happen before a big event like that that have right. to happen. Can you do it without being in front of each other? Um, so, you know, and this is a national thing. I, I happen to be the vice president of the of a national organization of publishers of, of queer publications uh, called NEMA, National Equality Media Association. And we had a, a phone call with a number of publishers around the country that are just, I mean, they're having, of course, the same exact situations that we're having because restaurants are closed. Where do they, where do they distribute um, events where 60% of some of their, uh, of their advertisers? Um, we've had times where events were a good, almost half of our advertisers, but um, and so the question is, how do we keep moving forward, you know, and, and not, and not actually go out of business through through this whole thing. So it, it's you know we're we're being a lot more um, progressive with our our out of the box as they say thinking 
about ways that, you know, a community member can support us and things they might get for doing that. So, uh, some are talking about doing, I don't know if you understand, uh, know much about Patreon. Patreon. Patreon yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, you're probably, I mean, you would probably would benefit if you're not on it right now. I don't even know. Um, but that's an opportunity for us to reach out to our community and say, hey, you know, a few bucks a month would really, you know, help us pay some bills here. Um, and for that, we'll come up with different content that only you get. So, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a conversation, you know, a video chat with, uh, you know, with Derek Kitchen, perhaps, uh, or, you know, or a Discord channel works really well. Oh, yeah. Well, me. there we are. I, so just giving you I have some to write free that down. Because <laughs> that, that is a free thing that you can do that actually, from a, a community engagement perspective, if you give people access to a Discord channel by by doing a small subscription via Patreon, it's it's a community of people that get to talk about things that matter to them. Awesome. So I don't have a pencil here, so <laughs> I'll send it over to you. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's something. It's something that a lot of a lot of content creators that are that are community creators as well uh, right. really look to things like that to help enhance the community as well. So, and then so, you know it ends up providing you with free content ideas too. So <laughs> even better. <laughs> Um, you know what? That's actually not very much of a struggle because there's always something going on in our community. Um, it does tend to lighten up over the summer because you know we've we've done the pride thing and everybody, including myself, is out there camping and you know hiking and stuff instead of doing you know political things or anything like that. But um, we just you know we put a lot of entertainment stuff in those issues and and uh, it has worked out for 16 years. So. Uh, but yeah, we're, you know, so we're, this is another challenging time. We've had some bad economies that we've gone through and we've actually had to, you know, put our hand out and say, Hey, can you throw us some bucks? Because Michael Aaron's going to lose his house because there's a, there's a <laughs> balloon payment on it, you know, that, that caused, you know, from the second that he had to take out to make this happen. Um, and the community responded. And I think this is another time that we're just going to have to think a little differently, um, about how we're appealing to people to <laughs> collect enough cash to pay the bills. Have you thought about doing pet obituaries <laughs> on the back page? We actually have done some. I'm surprised we haven't done more because, I mean, seriously, pets are a big deal in our community. <laughs> they are. We keep trying to hand this advice out I know. to the publications. Yes. and. You know, nobody's jumped on it. We don't even need anything from it. Just that you're doing it out of the goodness of it's your heart. It's a moneymaker. Yep. <laughs> I, I actually was thinking about another one when you were talking because you were talking about how you do very uh, queer-centric uh, health concerns because your guys is, you know, the the health issues that that the, the LGBTQ community face oftentimes are very different than the rest of the world, or it, if not different, more hyper-focused in some areas. Sure. Uh, you know, especially communicable diseases, that sort of thing. Uh, and so, you know, I see on TV, I, I must watch TV that LGBTQ folks watch. I um, do too, apparently. Because <laughs> I, I see lots of advertisements for, there's there's tons of new drugs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, right. there's, and, and, you know, they specifically target that community in their advertising because... 
are they're the most at risk, right? Are you watching Logo? No. <laughs> What's that? Is Channel Does anybody Channel? watch Logo anymore? I think, I think no. they're only doing Apparently reruns of does. Golden Girls. <laughs> yes, Golden Girls. Sometimes the nanny is on there. We watch a lot of game show network, uh, and I think I see them a lot on game show. <laughs> <laughs> like old people. Like, don't old people watch game yeah, shows? Yeah, but they're not all. They're, but, so anyway, but that's, <laughs> you're saying that's another good place for you to, to maybe seek out some more the national. Game show network? No, no, <laughs> drug companies and yeah, and, no, the, and and so, we're we're we've been really as we I'm saying the the national organization we have, um, they're among the ones that say okay, top twenty five is what we're doing, and and they've pulled quite heavily out of print, and the interesting thing to me is that if if you measure their websites uh, views. Um, it's gone down dramatically since they started advertising television only. Um, I mean, they do some online, but not a lot, but they're really focusing on, on television. And frankly, if website views have anything to do with their success, they're failing. So that's why we think, you know, these publications and our websites, our websites are, are gold mines for a lot of organizations. Um, event groups, they get a lot more response off of our online pushes oh, that we sure. do with, um, yeah, because I mean, you yeah, click and you're buying a, uh, you know, you're buying a ticket uh, versus, you know, a print thing. I have to go type the words in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, we're getting, I, I would say, We've probably gone from online being a cash drain for us um, back in the day to we're probably making about 30, 35% of our income as online um, sales that we do. So um, that's a, you know, that's a good push. And if we could live off of 35%, uh, <laughs> we would be happy, but <laughs> we're getting closer and closer. Pet obituaries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't have to text How you said that sounded like pedo obituaries. I'm like, oh. no, don't write about that stuff. Don't, don't be advertising that shit. Like, You're talking I'm about gonna, feet, right? Yeah. I, yes. I think the community sure. yes. has always been really great about raising, raising money. I mean, we see it through drag shows, through now, you know, Venmo or whatever is happening. And I think the first person that comes to mind is Frances Kennedy, um, that just went through her accident and how the community came together for that. A huge way. It was, it yeah. was amazing to, to see that. Um, don't, you know, don't and, give and, up hope is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> don't give up. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, and, and we, and we've been, um, we pushed quite a bit. Uh, so we have the big gay fun bus that goes out six times a year, five to six times a year. Uh, to Wendover. always sells out. And it does, it sells out. Has 10 people. You can only have 10 people on the bus. Right. So yeah, time. we had to, we had to postpone our <laughs> April. And run, when you go sad. out there, you just go to the liquor store and the pot dispensary now and then come <laughs> back. The casinos are all closed. <laughs> Can't I'm even very, hit the buffet, damn it! I, I'm very excited though that you can bring back a case of wine now. I mean, it, it hasn't been signed and it's not going yet, but we're close. We can bring... And aren't they going to? Aren't they talking about passing the being able to order wine? Yep, is that yeah, kind of all part of? Yeah, and the only problem with that is we now pay eighty percent more than 
anybody else in the country because we have to pay an 80% tax. Yeah, so the, is, the wine of the month yeah. club that's $15, you're now paying yeah. 35 exactly. for a cheap bottle of something. So how did the how did the gay fun bus get started? So actually, um, I've been doing, we, we used to call it the fabulous fun bus um but fabulous kind of is now dated so we had to change it but um i would say gosh back in the early 90s we would do you know just if we needed a fundraiser we you know charged 25 bucks to get on a bus and you know and and we sell everything you can we we sing and dance and and uh do bingo uh, for prizes and all that whatever we can to you know pull some money out of your pockets before you actually get to end over and do you want to tell um, us who these we the the we is so and yeah we're and now it's uh the host hostesses i guess um are the matrons of mayhem which i happen to be a member of and have been for since its inception uh how long and, have they but, been around uh, so uh, they started out as the Utah Cyber Sluts. Oh, um, I remember that one. Yes. yes. And so that was back in, I think, 01. So, uh, all, you know, we're getting, we're coming on to 20 years of, of the, the fabulousness of um, glittered beards and ugly dresses uh, being a thing for bingo. Um you know, and so they, uh, yeah, the camp drag, uh, bingo that goes on actually up at the First Baptist Church, uh, every third Thursday, third, sorry, third Friday of the month. And uh, we raise, I, I, we've raised anywhere from like $2,500 for a charity up to $10,400 wow. for a charity. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. And those also sell out. You have to get there early because it becomes standing room only. And then, you know, we start worrying about the fire department coming in. So, um, and you know, it's, it's just a fun thing that we can, we can make fun of Utah politics. We can not be having to be serious all the time. Uh, and, um, and people really, really do like it. And the and you know you talk about pets. Um, the, pet, <laughs> the pet ones are the ones that get the most money out of us. How do you, you know, yeah? Have, how do you guys pick your? How do you pick the charities? Because you've done uh, youth homeless, you've done veterans, you do with pets. Right. We've done. Uh, we do the Great Dane Rescue. We've done um, homeless teens, uh, especially homeless LGBT teens. Um, and every December, we kind of we take all the requests that happen over the year, um, and we kind of go through and say, okay, well, these are the people who we have to do because, oh my gosh, they've been doing it for so long, and they they go nuts and bring out everybody and. And, you know, it's a really successful bingo night every time. And then there's, the, you know, we have some new ones that need to be fit in there. And and we just, as a, a group of, I think there's about 15 of us now, um, we sit right around, you know, right after Christmas and we plan out the year. That's incredible. It's really fun. If listeners haven't been, it's it's super fun. So I've always wanted to take a fun bus to Wendover. Like, <laughs> always wanted to do it. And, and I've always been told uh, it is the worst experience you'll ever have to take a fun bus Not to Wendover. Not this one. And, and you know, and you're right, because I have oh. taken... I have taken buses out there to to Wendover, and oh, it's just the most miserable experience. It's it's people you don't want to be sitting with. It's 
Down it's, smelling you know, cigarettes, smoking, it, and then shit in the bathroom and stink <laughs> up the whole damn bus. It's, um, but you know what? The big gay fun bus is a completely different thing. It's a, it's a two-hour party on the way out and you know and then a lot of sleep on the way back because it's a long day <laughs> um, but you know and people the, the, the um, reviews we get are always you know if we just took the bus out there and turned it around and came right back I would still go on this thing <laughs> so it's the experience of the bus that people are really like loving and you know and we're now selling out two buses for each trip which is, you wow. know, it's that's great because yeah. every every time I try to talk about it on events over the last couple of years, they're always sold out. So. Right. And, you know, and we, we sold out about them ahead of time. <laughs> we sold out five weeks in advance for the February bus, wow. um, which is just crazy. And so you think, OK, should we do a third? And then you're just like, oh, hell no. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, even two, I, I just thought, yeah, there that's a lot of work. But three, that's just I can't imagine. And you don't want it to not be fun. It's not right. Fun right. Right. Yeah. And we have to change the bus name. So, and you know, we, we've got a new bus company that we're dealing with now, which is brand new buses instead of the ones that are heading out to Wendover now with the, on the other fun buses that are going out. So, um, yeah, we, we, we know how to do this and it's a lot of fun, you know, and the money doesn't, the money that we raise actually goes more to really small charities, even individuals. Um, like we had, uh, we had some people who had gone through a, a gay bashing. This is actually an older story, but, uh, and, you know, we're having to deal with that and, um, and they were, they had to have a lawyer and the whole bit. And so they were putting all their money into that. And then one of the guy's, um, father dies. And of course he lives in Seattle and they had no money to go to the funeral. And so that, those are the kinds of things that the money that we raise goes to. And it's very small, but big, uh, a big, um, thing for the people and, and groups that uh that we're giving them to um and they're over christmas we we hand out 50 dollars and 100 dollars uh smith's gift cards you know f- uh, for people who uh just are, are in need because you you know you you hear about oh yeah so and so is really having a hard time right now do a GoFundMe, and you know sometimes they do something. You know they raise some money, and sometimes they don't. But the ones that don't, you know, you can we we can make a big change in their life. As at least they you know they have a hundred dollars so that they can go over to Smith's and they maybe get some gifts for some people. Maybe you know, maybe that's their dinner, uh, their family dinner. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really that that's one of the things we love doing, uh, and and that's. Yeah, that's we, we got to stay around so we can keep doing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this, this too shall pass. And you know, even if for a minute you have to just do digital publications, people are still going to read. You know, right. they look for your Facebook posts, they look for your updates. Maybe you know? that's the uh, maybe that's the way you transition uh, into so much less print uh, and so much more internet is. Not being able to do, but really, you like think about it, because to. it's not—it's not just that you can't put them there. People can't go there to get them. They right. can't go to a cop shop. They right. can't go to a bar. They can't go to a restaurant. If they want to read, they're going to seek it out. And if you have the ability to send it to them online to to let them know, hey, 
it's out there. Go read it. Um, it'll change your world. Start reading it this way. Um, that becomes obviously a lot easier for you guys to, to be able to continue to do publications just in a more online format. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the advertisers are starting to figure out, you know, uh, that online does, you know, does have a reach and it does um, create a business for you. A um, return and on before, investment. Right. Those <laughs> little ROI things. Yes. It's also easier to pick up from, from an online perspective from advertising. It's easier to pick up advertisers because you can sell, you can sell spaces that are, um, you know, like track, track ads, uh, trackers. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Called? Um, no, we, we definitely, I mean, we, we know exactly how many people are clicking on ads. Um, and, uh, and we can actually, we can, like have hot areas um, inside the ad and know exactly, you know, where they're, you know, what they're actually yep. responding to uh, and things like that. So no, it's, it's a, it's a good deal. It's just, you know, we, we can't yet um, pull in the kind of money that we do for, for print. Um, but it, it is changing. Like I said, we're up to 35% uh, of online, which is just awesome. It's a start. It's it's been a long start, but yes, it's a, <laughs> it's a tough transition. I mean, the, honestly, the fact that you guys are still around with a print publication says a lot to your audience and your ability to maintain. Because we are in an era where it's like we're just papers are just going under. Like I don't know how the Salt Lake Tribune still exists, if I'm being honest, because the Deseret News did them real dirty. Uh, I just don't know how they're still around. Sure, and then, um, and then, they, then the next question becomes: Okay, well, if they're not around, who in the world is going to go out and find these stories and dig up the stuff that we need to know about? If it can't be a newspaper, and so yeah, because your um, TV reporters aren't doing those kind of in-depth stories, and they just don't have time. They have like a you know a ninety-second window for right. a, a, an in-depth story. So, um, well, and being yeah, a that's important stuff. You know, you you have other stories that literally nobody else is going to be covering that are important to your audience. Right. And and written from a different perspective than just, you know, a, a beat reporter would be. So and that's also an important part of, of why we're around and why I think we're important. So I have a question for you. Who does your cartoons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, those are... Those are nationally syndicated, <laughs> and so we're we're lucky we have this this syndicate that um, you know gives us things like the creep of the week, and uh, they give us a, a column on, on um, HIV. They give us a call, um, yeah, the, the cartoons and the editorial cartoons, and what else? And just some of some lifestyle stuff. Um, the rest, you know, all of the columnists, uh, other than. The creep of the week are local people, and all of the news. Um, I I almost don't ever, except for the page of national briefs, we almost don't do national news because we think it's more important to, because you can get that somewhere, right? For you sure. Yeah. yeah, you can't get the local stuff anywhere else. We've got one more question for you. That's a it's an important one. If you listen to the show, you already know what's coming. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that can't can't find an hour to do a, 
anything well, except RuPaul's too. Drag That's Race. That's good. That means that it'll be a good surprise <laughs> for you. Oh, no. for us. Um, so you're a you're a Utah man, born and bred and raised and spent your whole life here. Uh, what's one thing in Utah that you couldn't bear to part with? Let's see. Gail Rosica. Wait, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> no, no. These guys no, left. That was wrong, not wrong, a, wrong answer. <laughs> Gail Rosica needs to get COVID-19. She's no, no, no. She probably survive. I don't care. She's just a horrible person. <laughs> No, I wouldn't wish that on on her or anyone else. Um, you know, I, what I think I so I have left this the state um, two different times. I lived in San Jose for two years, and I lived in San Francisco for one year. And the thing that brought me back was this activism and was this community that I think. I can make a big difference in, you know, big fish, little pond, maybe. Um, but it is the the activism and the energy of this, you know, more liberal movement that we have here. And I couldn't, I, I, I haven't, I keep coming back. Well, how can people help? How can people get a hold of you? How can people find your magazine? Absolutely. So right now we're we have a list on Facebook of places you can get them, and that's because it's that small. Um, but uh, really, if you can go to QSaltLake.com and it has the current issue there, we would love to have more eyes being you know on, on the publication since you know our advertisers are paying full price for it. They might as well be getting something for it. Um, and then um, I, I am so in need. If you are a person who is retired or about to retire and you just think it's important to have a community magazine, come be a salesperson for me because, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what I need. Did that sound canned? <laughs> That's our biggest thing right now is, yeah, we need people to help us you know, sell these ads and, and help us survive. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk with us, Michael. Uh, I'm been... so glad we were able to make this happen after only four years. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's only been a few years. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not quite four years because we haven't hit our four-year episode mark. That's that's a, a couple months away for us. But okay, two hundred. You are the two hundredth episode. Number two hundred. Number two hundred. I like it. Perfect. Thanks so much. So All right, pleasure. thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, thanks thanks uh, to Michael for uh, for joining us. Um, help him out if you can, guys. Um, hopefully he took some of our advice or will take it and create some modes of support because uh, I, I think, you know, like we were talking about before we started talking to him, um, COVID-19 is going to have a big impact on a lot of folks. He's, he's not alone, uh, you know. The folks at City Weekly are going to be in a similar boat because um, their ad revenue is heavily influenced by the same thing. And they are taking donations as well. So um, it's it's going to be rough. Um, it's going to be rough for sure. I, I don't want to end on that note, though. Um, I want to talk about uh, things that I got done in my quarantine state. I'm not quarantined, by the way, but the social distancing state. Social um, distancing. So, you know, the weekend spent at home um, trying to reduce the amount of contact with folks um, between my office and home. 
I feel like a hermit. I was really, by the end of last week, really getting depressed. And I'm a guy that's worked from home for years, right? But the, I having like the interaction all the time and then going into like total isolation again is a real difficult adjustment. And if it's that difficult for me, I can only imagine for other people how it was. So I was like, hey, I need to do stuff. I need to like, like actually do stuff. So Saturday, I spent all damn day in my yard. <laughs> I trimmed rose bushes. I cut tree da- a tree down again. Um, we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, I uh, I uh, did my garden. So I got the it all weeded. I prepped it. I put the newspaper down and some more soil on top of it. I turned over my my compost box, which is not ready to compost. Uh, but it's, it's getting there, but it's, there's so little of it. And that thing's been, well, you started, you started pretty late. Yeah. I started late at the end of the season, basically. Um, so I, I mean, it'll go for another year before it's really ready, but I'm excited for that. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, and then I planted potatoes. So I went and got potatoes and planted potatoes. I did them differently this year. So last year when I planted them, I dug them up by hand, like each spot this year I did trenches. Oh. So I dug up five long trenches about half a foot deep, put the potatoes in, and then loose soil on top of them. Uh, so hopefully that will work. I also am planting my garden a little bit better, uh, so I have all of those potatoes. Um, so I planted probably four-ish pounds of potato starts. Uh, and then I've oh, got... French fries. No, no, these don't. These aren't French fried potatoes. <laughs> these are steam them and mash them, or just eat them you can straight out of the baby steamer. French fries. I don't. They're just little. They I don't. Are, I don't know. If they, <laughs> I mean, the biggest one is maybe I the size of a like Chris cut. A one inch. <laughs> <laughs> I get like two fries out of it. Uh, also, red potatoes aren't the best for fries. True. Uh, good point. The, the baby reds are, are good for other things. Uh, can I tell you it pisses me off? Have I ever talked about how bad it pisses me off that Harmons does their baby reds the way they do? Have you ever been to a Harmons when they do it? So Harmons has... I'm pretty sure all the stores do it this way. So Harmons has, you know, they have the bagged potatoes that you can get, but then they have the, the free, like, uh, pick them yourself. Free range the potatoes. The free range potatoes that come in boxes they just dump on the thing. Well, okay, so those are like... Usually 69 to 99 cents a pound, right? Normal potato price for hand-picked potatoes. You can get a two-pound bag or a five-pound bag for two bucks, or you can pick them yourself for for like a dollar a pound. Well, then Harmon's goes through. I've watched them do this. They dump a huge box in there, and some jackass kid, it's his job to go pick out all the the littlest ones, stick them in another bag, and they charge twice as much for those fucking things. I have done this. I have opened those bags and poured them into a brown bag that I got potatoes in because fuck you guys. <laughs> because I've watched you do it. I've watched you set them out there and leave them for a day. And then I've watched like as the bags on the shelf are like they're low, like two to three bags left instead of like a full shelf of like six bags of little potatoes. They fucking just go out there with bags and pull the littlest potatoes out. I'm like, fuck you guys. I don't want to pay twice as much for the same thing. And you literally pulled those out of the same <laughs> So anyway, uh, I plant potatoes. I also planted cabbage. We don't have to do that now that we make our own potato. Yeah. Our own potatoes, by the way. Uh, so I planted cabbage as well because uh, I figured I could start the cabbage now uh, in the ground. I'm not doing seedlings. Fuck that. And then I'm going to do parsnips. I was only able oh, yeah. to find parsnips at IFA. I was going to say, yeah. I got my seeds at IFA this year. IFA is, over all the years that I've done it, there's a few other places that are 
okay to get seeds, but IFA, hands down. Well, I got, they carry local seeds, too. I, so. I got a lot of seeds at, um, at uh, Home Depot as well. Yeah, they're all, they're all right, too. They're the same brands, so I figure they're probably about the same as some of the ones that I have. If you're going to do corn, which I know you're not, but if you're going to do corn, go to IFA and get them in the bulk. Get the, the bulk the corn. Because it's local. It's right. not just some... They have beans, yeah. too, yeah, that I was going to say, do you get really beans good. and stuff that way, too? Uh-huh, and my potato... When I get the, my potato starts from them as well. Yeah, it's where I get my potato starts. Yep. Um, and then uh, the... So I'll do parsnips. They were the only place that had parsnips. Parsnips, apparently, their seeds only last like a year to, to two years. <laughs> and then they're not viable anymore. So, uh, And then carrots. I'm going to try some carrots this year. Um, and cucumbers, of course. And, uh, and your garlic. And zucchini. Yeah, I had a bulb of garlic, so I had planted some garlic last year. Oh, yeah, they got... Uh, and the dog trampled the plant, and it got fucking destroyed, and, and so I just was like, whatever, I'll see what happens. It's growing. It's popped up. It's growing great, so I left it there. There's just one of them. Cool. But... I love stuff that comes back. It's my favorite. So, and parsnips, apparently, I didn't know this, but I was reading about parsnips to make sure, yeah, that they're going to grow, what I should grow near them, because I'm trying to do, like, kind of a companion planting scenario. Uh, apparently, you shouldn't grow much near potatoes. <laughs> yeah, they kind of zap the soil. Yeah, but, they, they do suck a lot out of the soil. But they're so. easy to grow and they're delicious. Um, but, uh, and I moved them from where they were last year. Uh, and so, but the, the parsnips, you leave them in the ground. Like, they'll winter, and they're like asparagus, where after, like, the second year, they'll actually flower and produce seeds. Beets will, too. So some of the beets that didn't get uh, turned over when I did my mm-hmm. garden, I've got little tops popping up Yeah, some of my beets from and last year. The parsnips, it actually says, harvest them through the winter. Like, just dig them up in the middle of winter. And so what you can do is when it gets to the end of the season, like the last time you mow, put the clippings over them so it's got a, an inch or so. That'll help it from the frost from getting down as deep. But yeah, most of those things will winter. Yeah, even the it said the parsnips just dig them up in the middle of winter. Like the tops. My green onions made it through the winter. They're beautiful right now. uh, And so I did that. I was really fucking sore Sunday, and I still had some work to do because I spent, gosh, probably eight hours out in the yard with the dog. She was so exhausted. (laughs) Uh, And then Brie painted. She started painting finally. Yeah, Jeremy, remember how you keep asking if I'm going to paint? paint? Yeah, you are. I painted the bathroom. Last summer was supposed to be the summer of paint. It was so busy. Uh, And now Brie started painting finally. So that was good. And since I had to take all my shot glasses down because of the earthquake anyway, I took all my shelves down so I could paint that wall. So I did think of you, though, when we went to IFA. They didn't have any chickens left. They had a handful of ducks, and that was it. Nope. They, so they cycle through. Now, I don't know if because of all of the things going on, if that's got anything to do with it, but they usually cycle. So they'll do the early set, and that's where we, we got ours was the early set. Then they're usually a little bit of a break, and then about April they'll 1st, another big chunk of them. then they'll get the, the, the big batch in, usually the first part of April through May, and then usually by by June... Usually they're done for the season. Which is funny because then they had little baby ducks though. Then you spend all summer just making them grow. Yep. And not producing anything. And it's harder when it's hotter. And so my chicks, by the way, are not chicks anymore. They're teenagers. Um, this weekend they'll be ready to go out. Really disappointed we didn't get to come over because of Chopper because I wanted to see the chickens. Oh yeah. Poor Chopper. Well, we'll have to still try and plan that so he can meet meet you guys because I think we're still They're almost go. out of the ugly stage. So they're really super cute when they're tiny. 
Then I go through their teenage yeah. years, and they are <laughs> they're hideous, ugly looking. Are, are are you doing two rounds of chickens, though? Or are you going to do another set of chickens? That's what we're trying to decide. So we've got the eight that are out there that are old, and half of them are going to kick the bucket anytime. Um, so we got twelve new ones, but that makes twenty total. So I'm kind of on the eh, do we do more? Because twenty is my max, but I need twenty like good chickens, not twelve decent ones, and and eight dying eight old ones. dying birds. Um, there's of the of the older batch, there's like probably <laughs> there's probably two, maybe three that are decent. The rest are so the other so thing we'll is get though another half dozen chickens. So that's the thing is I need to decide if if we're going to do a second round and then just KSL the ones. You'd be surprised. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. You put it on KSL, they're gone like in twenty minutes. <laughs> so you just you just make a little sign to put around its neck. Just free take me and put it in your front yard, and it'll be gone too. True. Although, I don't know. You guys live in a better neighborhood than us, so... You could just bring it over here. There is a couch that has been... So one of the it routes... It doesn't have a sign on it. I know, but one of the routes that we walk... So in, in like, late summer, they put a couch out there, and I'm like, that's gone. And if that's not gone soon, it's going to get wet, and then no one will take it. It's been there all winter. And yeah, it's really It's probably gross. got a skunk or a... Raccoon living it is, now. It, and it has been sitting on the street. Like on the street. Like it's too. on the street. It's, it's like out the at the strip. curb. It's like on the street at the curb where they put their garbage cans. I'm like, you know, they're not going to take that, right? Like, that's not how it works. You have to take that to the dump or get someone to come take it away or wait until the spring cleaning dumpsters come. And maybe that's what they're waiting for. Ours come in May. It's like yeah. the people with their Christmas lights up all year. They're just, they're just anxious and ready. When the spring. There's still somebody with their Christmas tree up with, and they keep, and they turn it on every day. When the spring cleaning day comes, I try to take that day off because if I wait until I get off work, there's no space in those damn dumpsters. They do a pretty good job of dumping ours throughout the day, but yeah, we have some things that we need to get in the dumpster. Yeah, they well, they put those out and it's like there's people waiting. Well, and then like if you watch, like people will come by and jump in them and take all the metal out. Yeah, to we're going to put it. our fencing what? in there, but somebody will come take it out. I just had metal scrapped at my What house. irritates me though is it's the person who puts all the branches in there. That take up all the room. Chris has got that look. <laughs> I'm not saying that I've done that. We have put branches in, but if usually ours up, are at the end of the day, and so we just kind of like slide or if you them. Cut them up in. small enough, but it's when it's like it's basically a whole tree in there. <laughs> but it, and it takes up so much space <laughs> that you can't get anything else in it. <laughs> so legit. Not last year, but the year before when I had to cut down the plum tree. Uh-huh. You shoved plum. it in there. Oh yeah, those all because they were sitting on the side of the house for like. But we, Forever. but when we put it in, it was already full, and so it was sliding branches into spaces. <laughs> it was. Wait, why don't they no, leave no. the metal no, out? No, I was that guy. I was Were the you? guy that Jeremy's bitching about. <laughs> First guy. I in. thought that yeah. you did it after. Oh no, no. They, I, they, they were... empty are so That's often funny. though. They're actually really, really good about it. I've never had to like drive around the neighborhood try and find spots. They don't empty them. Yes, they, they do. Yes, they. Why don't they? Do. Why don't they leave the metal out and a metal guy come pick it up? I had uh, a metal guy come pick up my old, uh, my old dryer. I, I don't know. I when we threw the snowblower, when we threw the snowblower away, like I, I was like telling Sean, okay, you just grab the snowblower and she goes to pull it, and the fucking wheels fell off because <laughs> it had been sitting because it doesn't work. It didn't work forever. I had, had it tuned up once and I couldn't get it to actually blow snow, so. It's ineffective. So anyway, that was uh, some spring cleaning activities, which made me feel a whole hell of a lot better overall. 
Um, I just felt better because I could finally tell Jeremy I started painting. Start painting. Good job. So, uh, stay healthy, stay safe. Please practice social distancing. Try to support any local businesses that you can. If that's ordering, we're a week and a half down, we can do this. If that's ordering online, if that is when you're gonna when you're gonna eat something, like takeout, don't go to Pizza Hut, don't go to McDonald's, don't go to Domino's. Those places are not going to fail. Yeah, Go to a local business, call them, make sure that they're delivering. Lots are delivering now. Fillings and emulsions just announced that they're delivering. Ruby Snap is delivering. But That's even, all you need. But even if they're not, like some of them are tied in with DoorDash and Grubhub. Um, <laughs> I did DoorDash for the first time today. I spent so much money and uh, it wasn't even that good. <laughs> but also, like, just be cognizant of it. Go visit, like, if you're going to get Mexican food, go visit a local Mexican mm-hmm. place and, and order takeout from there. Um, if, if you're, don't go to Panda for Chinese food, go to a Chinese Yes, go to Panda place. if you live in Cedar City. Yeah. Cassie, but only if Cassie. you live in Cedar City, go <laughs> to Panda. Go to Panda every day. But, but really when you're thinking about that, go to those local places. And if you don't want to eat at them now, just go buy a gift card so you can eat at them. Yeah, that's later. another one. Buy a gift card. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, if you like what you hear or don't like what you hear, I don't really give a shit. Just share it. Um, I prefer you like it. I don't know why you're listening to the whole damn episode if you don't like it, <laughs> but that's your choice. I mean, you can listen to stuff that you hate. I don't really understand it, but uh, leave us a leave us a review uh, or a comment. Um, you can uh, visit us on Facebook. We're the New Utah Podcast. Uh, hopefully, you figured that out. You're on the damn show. Um, and then at TNU Podcast is the Twitter and Instagram handles. TheNewUtah.com is our website. Uh, and it is a fantastic resource to find all sorts of cool shit. A lot of local businesses we, we do spots on there just because they've been on the show and we want to talk about them. Uh, we also, um, everyone's one thing. What? Just is like blowing Local up over businesses. Here. We forgot to talk that, uh, Salt Flats is Sugar House and Ogden's Own made sanitizer. Oh yeah, a bunch five, of, oh, five yeah. wives do and too. Five wives. That's Ogden's, Ogden's own. own. Is it? Yeah. That would be awesome they to all, have the little bottles with their logo on it. And they're all selling it for basically cost. Uh, Sugar House is not selling it. They are doing it by donation. Nice. Nice. And that so, money is going to yeah. restaurants. That's yeah. a very restaurants and bars. That's a very good use of their facilities to try and help out a community that, that desperately needs stuff. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Um, don't go pick up missionaries don't at the airport. Don't hoard toilet paper. Yeah. Don't hoard toilet paper. Um, you've got fingers. And if you people, really... your faucets are going to work. You do not need to get water. <laughs> but Jess, do your fingers not work to clean your butthole? What? <laughs>